0: You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. This is Roof English. I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company as ever. Today I'm speaking to someone about an interesting project that is taking place regarding foreign experts in Iceland and their experiences of navigating the job market in Iceland, that is people who either are in Iceland and are looking for specific work or would like to come to the country and engage in specific work. Catherine Kunnison is my guest today and she is behind this project. Where do you want to start with this, Catherine? Because Iceland is an attractive country for holiday makers. We see that with the best part of three million tourists a year. But in terms of, and I speak as someone who's done this, people who want to come to the country and work, what is it like trying to navigate that?
1: i have my own story i guess which we we can we can share a little bit so i i came to iceland in 2016 you know wanted a great place to bring up young children and iceland has a lot of you know attractive benefits to be able to do this and i came with me you know 20 years of people strategy hr recruitment experience and and um you know just thought well there must be a company here that would look at my experience and and uh, I just found it very hard to enter the market here. And this was because, you know, I didn't have a network. People didn't know who I was. Um, and so, yeah, just it was very difficult to kind of navigate that. And um, Iceland just has a lot of attractive benefits to be able to come here. So, yes, yeah, it, it's, it's a good place. It's a good place to, you know, to make home. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but this project for you, it is a passion project, it's as you've passion. described it before we switched on the microphone. It's mm-hmm. not the day job. No. Nope it is something that you are interested in, something that you want to bring to fruition. So tell me what it is that you are trying to do to make life easier, I guess, not just for the foreign experts, but for the companies that might want to employ them.
1: Absolutely. So as part part of the work that I do, and I own a recruitment agency here that works in the tech and innovation space, so I'm constantly meeting um, you know, a lot of Icelanders who are looking to move careers, and 95% of the people that we move around jobs are, are Icelanders, but we also have this pool of talent here that um, are, you know, also trying to enter the market and mm. trying to, you know, they've moved to Iceland, they want to integrate into society, but they cannot get a job at the level that they, that they were working in prior to being in Iceland. Um, and, you know, we, I was just beginning to identify this trend and talking to more and more people hearing their stories. Um, And so this is a passion project um, that came about because we were then beginning to see the ministries talking about Mm. the importance of having to bring 800 specialists into the country to fill the skill gaps. Um, And just, you know, with the work that I do and talking to, you know, many people in the network, myself, uh, Michelle and Jennifer got together and just decided that this was a, you know, a, a research project because nobody's ever done any research onto this potential underutilised talent pool that we have in Iceland. So we have a lot of foreign experts here, or we, we think we do, yeah. that, <laughs> that are being underutilized. And we wanted to just really dig deep into um, their experiences, you know, are they in more are they in low-skilled jobs when you know yeah. they could actually be in some of these more specialized roles that we're trying to fill. Um, and what are the, what are some of the barriers that we're facing while we're trying to you know enter the job market in Iceland? And we wanted to find out more about that.
0: And you revealed some of the results at Iceland Innovation Week, we which was when?
1: That was back in May. So we did the first first phase of the project, which was you know sending out some surveys to foreign experts because actually this is a kind of which we really wanted to take like a three sixty view on 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 how this research looked. So not only assessing the experiences and stories of the foreign experts that are in Iceland and, you know, potentially working in more low skilled jobs or, or trying to navigate the market. But we also wanted to have a look at the HR and hiring processes mm. in the Icelandic companies and see whether, you know, they were really, um, you know, whether the processes were adapted to be able to, you know, look at CVs, that are, are not maybe typically Icelandic or, you know, from the networks that we're used to them coming. We have this big influx of, of immigrants now in Iceland that are, you know, here, integrated, you know, have, have housing, want to work, learning the language, but are not being yeah. utilised at the, at the skill level that they should be.
0: I, I would like the answer to this to be no, I'm sure you would as well, but is there a bias, did you detect a bias against foreign workers?
1: So it's difficult to say whether there's a you know a definite bias, but this is part of the research, and this is what we're trying to you know we're trying to establish. Yes. So, you know, in in a lot of the work that that I do, I can see a lot of companies want to do better. They want to create really great candidate experiences that are inclusive for all and create equal opportunities for all. But there's also this kind of fear of you know what do we do if we cannot reference somebody from you know outside of Iceland or you know how do we know that they're bringing those skills to the table so there's so what we're trying to do with the with the research is really understand from a hiring process point of view um some of the barriers that hiring managers go through so you know what happens when they do get a CV that lands on their desk that perhaps does have the skill set why would they not put them in the process and we're just trying to get to the bottom of that what
0: sort of answer would you get to that question
1: so again, it goes back to a little bit of the fear factor we feel, and we're you know we're hoping that the phase two of the project is going to reveal a lot more detail into this. In yeah. phase one, we had a lot of response from the surveys in the from the from the foreign experts wanting to share their stories, wanting to come up with solutions. One of the issues that we found with that first phase was the hiring managers and HR managers are a little bit fearful to to share their stories. So phase two is actually right. a really big. Um, uh, focus on getting more data from the hiring managers from the hr um processes and and the companies and just getting their experiences their stories getting some open and honest discussions happening around mm. how we can create you know um Uh, solutions and and processes that are less biased really
0: and this isn't just about creating a better candidate experience this isn't just about the benefits that can come the way of the foreign workers Mm -hmm. it is presumably about showing Icelandic companies the benefits that come their way if they find and have access to the right people regardless of where they come from
1: absolutely and that's exactly what we're trying to do is just you know help help companies to create processes that are that just create equal opportunities for all there is this you know we're crying out for talent you know we have a very very low unemployment rate here um, and what we want to do is obviously maintain that but we need to make sure that people are working at the right levels yeah. from the from phase one of the research the foreign experts um, educational level you know is extremely high people who come here have bachelor's degrees they have master's degrees they have phd degrees but yet when you're comparing the job titles that they had before they came to Iceland in comparison to the job titles that they have when they arrive here, yeah. it's very much you know business manager, project manager, senior software developer, compared to lake scully assistant, yeah, uh, retail yeah. assistant. You know, so you have these two comparisons, and it's and it's very clear that we're missing out on utilising this 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 talent.
0: In which kind of areas are there shortages that could be filled by foreign workers? Or is that just a question with too big an answer?
1: I mean, I think it's too big an answer. And I don't think we've done enough research into what that looks like. But, you know, you have a lot of big companies here looking for specialists in, in, you know, especially because, you know, I know the innovation space here, uh, you know, within the innovation space, there's talent gaps across the board that could Mm. be filled and we know that there are people sitting here that would jump into those roles but they don't have the opportunity to go into a hiring process at all so they don't get they don't get looked at
0: Uh, you and i are both from the same country from the Mm -hmm. uk you came before brexit Mm -hmm. i came after brexit but was given the astonishing honor of being granted citizenship Mm -hmm. congratulations thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) thank For anyone coming from the UK, there is a particular challenge now, of course, because oh, yes. of Brexit, isn't
1: there? Yeah. So they, so the regulations have obviously changed. Where, you know, there are more restrictions. You can't just, you know, move to Iceland from the UK these days. You have to go through the same um, restrictions as if you were outside uh, the EU, etc. So, um, but that doesn't mean that you know there aren't the opportunities to still move here if you have specialist talent and there are a skill uh, shortages here then there are still those opportunities to be able to get specialist visas etc and the great work that you know our and the ministry are doing they are looking at all of these processes and looking at how we can you know just get a better process through utl and i know that one of the big focuses is also on the um on, on you know, we have a lot of people coming here from overseas to study here, that study mm, their masters mm. or come for a PhD study, but yep, you know, there's such a, a long process after they finish those studies that they don't have enough time to apply for visas to stay in Iceland. Okay. So that talent, all that you know great talent that they've been, you know, learning here then gets taken to another country. And we can retain that talent yes. if we just improve the visa processes.
0: And more widely for anyone from any country other than Iceland, it is if done correctly, a win-win, isn't it? For the candidate Mm -hmm. and, as we've said, for the companies as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is all about just making sure that the companies end up with the best talent regardless of where you're from and just opening your eyes and, and creating awareness around you know how if we just have great hiring processes in place you will open up this talent pool that you didn't even know yes. was was, a, was here um, and you, you'll you start looking at things a little bit differently and just you know being able to fill those skill, skill gaps and we all know that you know, having inclusive environments that are very do- diverse and, you know, diversity is not just de- gender. <laughs> it's, the, it's a whole spectrum of, mm. of diversity that companies need to be looking at. Um, and having these diverse teams just create happier and, and more productive workforces. So we should be looking for, you know, much more diversity within, within the Icelandic companies. And I know a lot of companies are really striving to do this very well. So it's, I've seen a big change in that in the, in the years that mm. I've been here.
0: And without necessarily proffering your own services, but feel free to, and we'll put a link up to them on the page that accompanies this episode. If someone is listening from outside of Iceland, they've always wanted to come here. They think they have some skills yeah. to offer. What is the general advice that you would have for someone in that position?
1: I mean, it, so you know, Iceland is a small community. We're a small ecosystem here. So again, dependent on your skills um, and the and the you know where you're coming from, um, the best way in which to do anything in Iceland is to network, is to know which doors to knock on, is to make yourself known, show up for events, show up for conferences, which is obviously very difficult if you're not in the country already. Yes. Um, so again, you, know, you have to go out to the job boards, have a look and see what's out there, but you know, your presence in Iceland is actually more critical I would say, than trying to apply for something whilst you're overseas. That's yeah. my biggest advice. Just get here if you can. <laughs> I
0: suppose if somebody wants to live in Iceland, that's not advice from which they're going to flinch because they enjoy being here, yeah. otherwise they wouldn't want to live here.
1: Absolutely. And, <laughs> and when we were doing the first phase of the research, yes. we, we actually asked that question, you know, why move to Iceland? And And job opportunities was one of the lowest reasons.
0: I think you touched on this at the start, but what was your answer to that question? Because I get it a lot yeah. too
1: exact well, you know mine is the the kind of family work-life balance yes. that's something that i knew i was going to get from here having young children having worked in you know a very high high uh, profile job in in london and now having young children moving to iceland now meant that i would have much more access to just b- being a family yeah. <laughs> so because
0: for me it is the weather yes. i'm someone who came <laughs> and wanted to come to iceland because of yeah. and not despite the weather it's a drizzly overcast <laughs> day as we sit here in your offices looking out mm-hmm. over Oystervotler Square mm-hmm. Uh, which is just my ideal summer 12 degrees and overcast keep it this way forever
1: absolutely the weather (laughs) to me is always so funny because you know the weather to me i always say you just can't change it you've got to enjoy it so it's one of those things that you don't have any control over so you just got to go with it and i absolutely adore the cozy. we just had our first storm didn't we the other weekend and i loved Loved it. it getting in with the candles putting movies on cooking nice food not having the guilt because we know when it's sunny in iceland the guilt that you get you have to be outside
0: (laughs) that's that's a guilt i've managed to avoid (laughs) succumbing to
1: Absolutely. But yeah, you do get this guilt when it's beautiful and sunny outside that you have to be out doing something. So, you know, it's important for us to have these cozy days when we can stay in and just recuperate a little bit. So, all
0: right. Well, whatever your reason for wanting to come to Iceland, I hope this has been of some use. As I say, links to all of this on the page that accompanies this show from Roof English. Catherine, thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Pleasure. We'll
0: talk again, I'm quite sure. This is Roof English, and I'm Darren Adam, and you can get in touch with us anytime. We are English at dot... Oh, yes. You're listening to the Roof English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.